Hello and welcome to Acting Up, the podcast that dives deep into the world of TV and film that highlights our people, our culture, and our stories. I'm your host, Courtney Wills, Entertainment Director at The Grio, and this week we're sitting down with Amanda Seals. And everything that you said about like the change in being even a public figure of any kind, um, you know, in the last 10, 15 years is so spot on. But when you talk about comedy, when you talk about comedians, I feel like y'all are like, well, we don't deserve you. I, and I could think of a million examples, whether it's Chappelle or the shit at the Oscars, but like, we don't even deserve this art form that is comedy that has historically helped us grapple with, get through, scratch the surface of, and start conversations about things that are just so grave and so heavy and so terrifying that there was really no other method to even chip away at them than comedy. And now we're in this universe where you all doing just that, you know, is, is, is very likely to get you canceled or pull, you know, Hold off. I mean, it's like, like it's like can't setting imagine you up for what that failure. must be like. And I've talked to, to several comedians about what it's like to be a comedian right now. And it's kind of like it's a rich time. Like there's lots of material, but it also sucks because it, it feels like either way you go, there you go. You can't there win. You and that the rules have really changed. And comedy is no longer a place where everybody gets laughed, everybody can laugh and get laughed at with equality. Even comedy has been, you know, polluted. (laughs) Well, you know, the truth is, is that we're also just a hurt people, right? And so like, it's a lot of people's trauma um, that is dictating like how they respond to certain things, right? And so if you were teased about something and then, you know, by people who had the worst intentions for you and then a comic who doesn't even know you, you know, but has the intentions of simply just like, let's, you know, deprecate everybody, including yourself, right? Um, And that person says something, then it's very difficult for people to divorce the, the uniqueness of those situations, right? And I think that that's the that's really at the heart of it is this divorcing the difference between a comic doing what comics do, which is roasting, which is analyzing, which is um, self-deprecating and which is at the end of the day, just trying to get laughter from folks. Right. Like that's the goal. I think that there's folks that don't divorce that from the idea of laughing at someone's expense which is a different thing because when you show up for a comedian to make people laugh, it's going to be laughing at someone's expense. Sometimes it's going to be laughing at their own expense. It's going to be laughing at, you know, an inanimate object. expense. Like it's, it's not, but I feel like it's not at the expense. Like you were just laughing. And the goal is not that we're laughing at someone's expense, but that we're laughing to, to, elevate our endorphins, you know, to get through the fuckery, et cetera. I think that there's a lot of people whose perspective is like, if they have something that may not be a part of a mainstream idea of beauty or a mainstream idea of health, et cetera, and a comedian makes a joke about that, there's a lot of people who find peace in that. There's a lot of people who find like connection in that because they're like, it's, it's a levity that's being brought to the true gravitas of their experience. And that can be a relief for a lot of people. Right. So a lot of it is also subjectivity. And the, the truth of the fact is that 
comedians used to be in specifically comedic spaces. And so it's like people are going there for that. I think a lot of times also people are coming to comedic spaces not to laugh. They're coming to critique. It's like it's like with anything these days, a lot of people aren't reading a book to learn or reading a book to see what this writer wrote. They're reading a book to talk about all the ways in which this could have been written better. And I, it's a harp. So it's not just a different place to, to be a comedian. It's a different place to be a creative. And there's a crisis of conscience that happens when the folks that you feel like you're creating for, when some of them are actually like weaponizing that against you. And it feels like, well, the natural reaction is like, man, fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? Then, then I'm not going to care about y'all. But then you're your integrity and your knowledge of self kicks in. And it's like, well, I can't let their misleading, I can't let like their misinterpretation deter me from doing what I know to be the thing I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I, and I'm not doing, and I'm not making that determination in a silo. You know, I think there's a lot of folks who are telling themselves the same language, right? but they're doing so in a silo. They're doing so without having anyone challenge them. Like people love to call me a narcissist as if I'm just like on an island of myself. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just out here just with a, with a verbal machine gun and ain't nobody telling me shit, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's not, that's not it. Like I have, I have a team of people that will absolutely be like, yeah, I don't like that. You know, I have a man who will absolutely be like, yeah, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> like, um, and I feel like there's also just like all these like buzzwords that people start using. And so when those start being applied to comedians too, I'm just like, I don't think y'all know what we're here to do. I don't think y'all know what we're here to do. When the whole Will Smith thing happened, I said what you just said. I said, you know, I don't think y'all deserve comedians. Um, some of y'all just need to go watch This Is Us and get your cry on and let that be it. Yeah, let that be you. And that's funny because I'm fun it's funny you said This Is Us. But this Is Us, I, inarguably, you know, a beautifully executed show, such talent creatives behind it I am you're gonna be crying very close with so many of the cast members but like I don't watch it because I don't choose to cry in my spare time I know it's good I'll read about it you know like I'll tell other people to watch it but like that's not what I do that's not entertaining for me um but there are a whole bunch of people who absolutely want to look at misery to feel better about that catharsis yeah yeah and you, you must be so annoying to those people like people who hate on you they have you know it must be very fun to like hate on you because not only do you have the fact that you are smart funny and black going for you but you are very self-possessed like you will go and can go toe to toe with all of the foolishness and back it up. And that's just gotta be so grating <laughs> for people. If I, I mean, if I had the energy, I would do a show where it's just like, the title would be like, come at me, bro. <laughs> and it's just like, what's your grievance today? Like it would be a court show, but like I'm the defendant every time. Yes. <laughs> 
there would be a different judge like every episode that I that we both agree on is a moral standing person you know I'll have JB smooth <laughs> you know one episode <laughs> next episode we have tap with the brown you know what I'm saying and it's just like what's the issue what's the issue today you know like today yeah how did Amanda Seals offend you today she was doing backflips on her trampoline and you felt like she was showing off and you know she called you fat like <laughs> well I I did a video about being able to still fit my prom dress from 1999 and how excited I was about that. And people were upset. Uh, and people said, you know, that me being excited about still being able to fit my prom dress from 99 was fat shaming. Um, and that it was, they said they, people said that they felt like it was triggering because it makes people who can't fit their prom dress feel shameful. And I think that there's um, a that's a slippery slope when you can't celebrate something that matters to you um, without it, without it, then adversely. I'm trying to think this through as I say it, but like I didn't I didn't really feel like that was a fair assessment um, because for me. Like, I wasn't saying like, and you should fit your prom dress from 99 too. And if you, you know, like that wasn't it. It was just like, this is something that I was surprised I can do. And I'm celebrating it with, with y'all. Um, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't say like happy father's day because there are so many people that do not have fathers. I will probably be edited out of this episode talking about my pregnancy now because there are so many listeners struggling with infertility. Like that's a real thing that I think what is that what is it I don't know but it's maddening it's very hard it you know it feels you know and then you feel like an asshole because you want to sympathize with people who are struggling of course plenty of people don't have fathers you know or have troubled relationships with their fathers and father's day of course is like a hard day for them but you know where do you draw the line between like not dimming your light to make to make other people feel better or like or even just like asking questions right like i remember one time i had an editor that i had hired and she charged an hourly rate um but she but i didn't know that she was breastfeeding while she was editing um and so when i got to the edit like she spent quite a bit of time breastfeeding and not editing but i was but i was being charged. And right. I was like, yeah, I don't think that's fair. And I mean, I got lambasted by people who were like, how dare you deny a mother her right to feed her child? And I just felt like, if memory serves me correct, I framed it as a question like, is this cool? Um, but I guess people took it like rhetorical, but I just, I mean, I couldn't, I, like people were, girl livid like how dare you disrespect the the necessity of a mother to still make money while feeding her child and I didn't feel like I was disrespecting that I mean I just felt like there's you know there is a true kind of fairness that we would both have to come to in the fact that like I'm paying an hourly rate you know and I just felt like maybe the compromise there is like let's come up with a flat rate where you can do what you need to do um, and then be able to still get the edit done. And I don't feel like I am losing like the fairness of my compensation, but people, my, the whole point of me bringing that up though, was that like, 
perspective is people's truth. And now it's become weaponized in so many ways that it makes it hard to truly like advance. And if, if we're being super duper honest, so many folks have just banded together in their ignorance that they really found unity in their darkness. And the rest of us, I believe, have found ego in our intellect. Yeah. And I think that's honestly been to our detriment. And we have found ego mm -hmm. in our virtue. There is so much virtue signaling going down mm. of people trying to outdo the other person on who is the better person. Yep. It's wild. And then you have people, you know, who just, and so to me, like that ends up becoming, that ends up becoming us doing the own work to divide ourselves. Yeah. And it just, it just sows more, even more division. It's like never ending. When I tell you, like, I'm just, I'm just like worn out. I'm worn out and I'm scared. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm looking forward to just being able to actually just be on some stand up shit right now and, and not be on a set. Cause it also can be, you know, sets can be two different kinds of spaces. They can either be like super duper, like familial and, you know, just feeling like a safe space. And then they can also just be like really, really clinical and, you know, just like, we're here to work. We're going to be here for 14 hours. We're going to get it done. Um, I did tab time the other day with Tabitha Brown and it was just so fun to like get to be on some children's show shit. Y'all going to see this episode and be like, oh, wow. Cause I was at this octave the entire time. Oh wow! <laughs> I leaned in. I dad was like, you know, just um, you know, because for the kids, you know, we exaggerated a little bit, and I was like, you ain't got to tell me twice. Um, but it was it was a nice break, and then I got to do a Yara Shahidi show on Facebook. So we we had a really incredible conversation. She's just such a light, and she's so brilliant. Yeah. You probably got to see her mom Carrie there, who's like equally as oh yeah. Carrie was there. We were just like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be a little bit better now. <laughs> <laughs> she was there and she really did pour into me like she always does. And I was just like, thank you so much. And um, I think it's just a time where we have to start trying to be better at being better. And then, you know, I just, I, I, if I'm just being genuinely just honest, just because I'm, I feel safe talking to you. I just, I hate how people hate me. I hate it so much. And I know people are like, you shouldn't care. I'm like, whatever, I care. I hate it. And then someone will watch this and be like, well, if you hate it so much, then stop. And I'm just like, all right, <laughs> whatever. I just want to make people, you can't win. You, you, can't can't win. Win. you gotta just like, keep on moving. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you can do, but I, I shout out everybody, uh, listening who has, you know, come to a show or even just like, you know, commented on a post or who was like corrected me in kindness on a post that those listen, when people correct you with kindness, it is truly revolutionary in the internet space. <laughs> like when come, when someone can say like, Hey, 
I see what you were trying to say there, but here's where you miss the mark. And then they lay it out for you and they don't at the end say, do better, <laughs> you know, or they don't try to just undermine <laughs> it really. And it teaches you yeah. that like, you can do that too. You know, we, 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 when that happens, it is, y'all need to understand, like I, that is the spark of my day is when, I mean, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm shown, like someone had some, someone had said a nickname to me, someone is short, someone called me Mandy. And I was like, you know, that's actually just for friends and family. I prefer to be called Amanda. And the person came back and was like, oh, thank you for, you know, clearing that up. I appreciate it. Big fan and um, keep doing what you do. And so I shared that because I thought it was actually really dope that they received it without adding any color to it right because when you're a direct person also by the way like like it's not in my nature to like put a lot of cloudy flowery stuff around things it's just not it's not about disrespect it's just like not in in how my brain processes things um and so I have to do a lot of work to do that I, I have to do a lot of work to come off as like what the society calls us nice I have to do a lot of like, hey, goop. I, I have to do a lot of Amanda on tap time. Because like, I really just want to talk like this all the time. I want to talk like this all the time, Courtney. I just want to be able to talk like yeah. this all the time and not have people think I'm being mean. But you can't. That's just not what society is. And I understand that. So I have to meet it halfway. Exhausting though. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And so I'd say all that to say that when I put it up, people were still, there were still people that were like, that was rude of you to correct her. And it's like, you're not going to win those people. Not, win is not the word, but you're not going to, um, those people aren't going to get what you're doing because they have their own ideas about what correcting actually means. Right. And as somebody who's in the profession of notes, you know, like I, I can take a note, I can take a note. I, I love a good note. One of the best directors, Liesl Tommy. Girl, Liesl Tommy directed an episode of Insecure and she could give you a note. Oh, she could give you a note, <laughs> you know? And it was the kind of notes that made you be a better performer. Prentice, Prentice can give you a note because it's Prentice Penny was our showrunner on Insecure. He also is the executive producer of uh, Pause with Sam J. And I love how Prentice can correct and it's always enhancing you without diminishing you. That's something I am like really striving in my heart to be better at, you know? Like I feel like in my mind, Maya Angelou was like a gift at that. I don't know if that's true, but in my mind, I feel like she was. I feel like she was, but um, yeah, you know, the other thing too is that when you're doing press and you're promoting stuff, like you're just in conversations and, you know, people take those conversations and do what they do with it. And uh you know, all you can do is just continue to be true to self. And I want to see black folks win. I really just want to see, I want, I want so much for us. I want so much for us. And, um, in the, in the non monolithicness of us, not everybody wants the same things for us. And that's kind of the catch 22. So much to be exhausted about right now. So how are you, how are you, how do you stay? I'm, now this is my interview. How are you staying? <laughs> how do you stay like upbeat? And like, as a parent with all of this going on, like it's so important to also protect your energy and right. And keep the protons yeah. popping in the atomic yeah. makeup of the babies. Yeah. How uh, do you do it? You know, I think I'm not because there's just nothing that I can do to kind of squelch, you know, right. this fire. But it's interesting that you say that. You better say squelch. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love a one syllable vocab word. Squash. Yeah, no, it's true. Like yes. I, I am watching a lot more um, content for fun instead of work because so much of my content for work is like slavery, oppression, abortion, police brutality. So I'm Oof. watching, you know, things that I usually don't have time for, like. Um, I love that for you. I love that show. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's really funny. And I am, I'm also just embracing my attitude. Like I have an, like, you know, oh so, yeah, I have an attitude. It's like shit is whack. I have an attitude. That, that's what it is. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. say that. I really have been dancing with that concept, Courtney. I'm just like, I have an attitude. It'd be different if I've, I felt like if, if my work was about people not having attitudes, then I could see the anger in me having an attitude because it's like you're being a hypocrite. Um, but that's really not where I challenge folks from. I, I, Courtney, I too have an attitude and I've had one because I came out of my mother's womb with a furled brow. She literally said, she said that I literally came out, didn't cry first, but my eyes were wide open. And I looked around like, cause in here. <laughs> And then was like, I will grace you with a cry. (laughs) But really, she said, I assessed. She was like, I literally came out and assessed the room and then cried. I looked all the way around. She was like, it was bizarre because you your eyes opened and most babies eyes do not open for you like your eyes opened. You had a full head of hair. You looked all the way around. And my mother has always very firmly believed that I came here as another stop on my soul's journey. She's always believed like, and she was never someone who was like a believer in reincarnation until like I got here and she was like, I absolutely know that you were here before and that I was a vessel for you to come here again. That's pretty awesome. I feel like I've had an attitude though, because I'm just like, I'm, 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 I'm coming here worn out from when I was here before. (laughs) I can't believe I'm back here again. And this shit is still messed up. Yeah, no, totally. And your mom's from Grenada, right? Yes. My mother is from Grenada in the Caribbean Um, on the planet. Damn, Courtney. I'm about to own that. I'm about to own that. I just have an attitude. Embrace your attitude. I have it. I'll let you know when it's, you you can let yourself know when it's gone because you'll feel it. But right now it's here, accept it. And it is what it is because that's really just like all I have. That's all I have for you right now. That's kind of how I feel. I just, I'll, you know, and people are like, you're angry, you're bitter. And it's like, I'm just, I just know, I just know a lot and it weighs on me a lot. And I do a lot of work to try to not bring that to people that it has nothing to do with. Um, and that's not always like the, I'm not always good at it. And then that's when the story comes like, Amanda Seals was stank. And I was like, I probably was, I probably was stank that day. I probably was. But like, why are you not stank? Like, why are you, <laughs> no, like, what? <laughs> Yes, but why are you not saying? <laughs> That's really how I feel. Like, oh, this sounds like a bit. I need yeah. to develop this as a bit. Uh, but no, my mother is from Grenada. But I was going to tell you, I was in Grenada for two weeks last year. Uh, my friend Yvette had a birthday party there. Why? Uh, my friend Yvette turned sixty, and she's from Grenada. She had like this big. Are you like talking about Yvette Noel Shore? <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Okay, so she took me to Grenada and I can't stop thinking about moving there. I mean, I know they don't want me and I don't deserve it there, but I like every day I'm like, why am I here and not there? It's just such like a magical, beautiful place with people that as a whole never met more like welcoming, loving, adoring people. And I just like, 
it boggles my mind that, um, you know, anyone, I know why, but why anyone would leave there and come here. And we're so ungrateful, <laughs> for, you know, not realizing the things that we as a country have to offer that other people don't. But right now I'm like, man, I wish I could learn some trade that would be useful on Grenada and contribute to their society. And they would let me in agriculture, baby, get your agriculture right. on. You better learn how to, how to grow some nutmeg, <laughs> how to grind some turmeric. Nutmeg chef. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. But I, when I was there, I thought of you because I knew you were the only person, other person I knew that, um, whose family was from there. Well, you know, Grenada just got a new prime minister. It's a very big feat in Grenada's, um, political movement. You know, we've had the same prime minister in Grenada, Keith Mitchell for dictatorial levels of time. Okay. Um, and to see a new prime minister come into party from come into place from an opposing party, you know, a younger person, I'm not trying to be ageist, but you know, I think there is validity to the fact that the world is ever changing and, um, that if people are not going to continue to grow and change with the times, then they need to move over. Um, you know, like my mother is somebody who is 75 and, you know, went to learn how to use her iPhone. Right. And like is making it her business to try to understand, you know, the context of everything that's continuing to go on in this world that she continues to live in. But a lot of folks get into a position where they don't have to because they're in a bubble and that's that. So to, to have somebody coming into position that isn't in that bubble, um, that's a former teacher and a lawyer and a lawyer and, uh, is of the of the people. I think people are really excited about it, and people was in the street and jamming and you know making bacchanal and whatnot. And um, I think it was. I, I think it's going to be. Well, let me say this, not to put the cart before the horse, but I think it has the possibility to be a real turning point um, to do exactly what you're talking about, though, which is to encourage folks to stay in Grenada and build a life in Grenada and be able to have the resources to do so in a way that they may not have felt they could before. And it also, you know, as a dual citizen, as I look at the decline of this country, I also am very aware of the privilege that I have in being able to possibly say, you know what, you know, that's a possible option for me were things to go so far left yeah. that I didn't feel like I could sustain here. And I would do a Baldwin and get the fuck out. But I just, I feel like it's important to acknowledge, like, I know that that's a privilege. Like, I know that, you know, I know that, I know that, I know that. And um, when people ask me, Amanda, where do we go? Where do we go? You know, as a black American community, we are a unique people. We are I think in the story of us, because we're still in a very early stage in the story of us, but we were a nomadic people. We, you know, and by force and by circumstance. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, were we to continue to have to be that, it can be by choice. Um, and the problem is that we are in a position right now where it continues to be by force or by circumstance, because if people are leaving this country at this point, it is not because necessarily they want to, it's because they feel they have to. And that again, continues to plague our onus of our own liberation. 100% agree with you. And that's, you know, that sucks. And, um, that's, <laughs> that sucks. That's the understatement. <laughs> 
of the of the bicentennial that sucks but i'm about to be 41 on july 1st Ooh, happy early birthday thank you shout out to all my cancers out there uh you know we just gonna keep on crying and uh keep on crying and being uh loyal to a fault that's the other part it's like I, y'all can hate me as much as you want. I'm going to still ride. <laughs> like, we just, we loyal. Like once we, once we in it, we like, mm, we're here. So that's what it's going to be. But I'm excited to get on this road, girl. I really, I really, those shows in Brea were just, um, you know what the shows in Brea showed me? It showed me that I've become a better comic. And that was cool to see. Because, you know, you, I'm old, like, so you're like, I can I really still like get better at things? Um, but after the first show on, on Friday night, I was like really tired and I just kind of decided like, oh, well, I guess that's it. Like, I'm not gonna like have anything else to give this next audience. I'm just going to have to figure it out. But then something in the back of my head was like, I mean, just have a good time. Like, you know, and I had like, I had like written down some premises of things I wanted to talk about. And I went on stage and I talked about those things that I had written down and I had a great time. It ended up being like an exceptionally good show that was exceeding the bar that I had already set for myself, which was really high. But it was like, it's like a, like when you can call upon your magic, that always feels like really empowering. That's that. So if you want to come to the show and see me call upon my magic. Yeah, it was nice to see you in your element again. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but if you want to come see me in my element, like Courtney got to, then go to amandaseals.com. Uh, the Amanda Seals tour is going down. We are doing not just stand-up shows, but also my variety game show, Smart, Funny, and Black. It is a incredible, community-loving, and hilarious experience. I'm hitting the Midwest. I'm hitting the South. I'm even hitting the Northwest. So that's how it's going to be. Make sure you continue to check because we're adding dates. I know you may look at the dates and be like, where's Chicago? Where's Dallas? Where's the Bay? We're working on it, and we're getting it there for you because you asked. Thank you so much for joining me today, Amanda. I could talk to you forever, but I know I have to let you go. But this was such a pleasure. So nice to catch up. So great seeing your show. And um, so happy that you continue to do the work that you do that we all so desperately need and admire. Thank you. And, um, you know, if you're not able to make it out to a show, you can listen to Smart Funny and Black Radio every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific. 10 a.m. Eastern on Sirius Satellite Radio. And if you don't have a subscription, you can still listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. So just look for Smart Funny and Black Radio. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Acting Up. Download the Creo app to listen to Acting Up and other great podcasts. See you soon.